everyone and welcome back to Crickcast Pod with your host Sam Crick. Now this week's episode is with GB International, European silver medalist and world track finalist Markim Lonsdale. Really, really enjoyed recording this episode of Markim um, and I really hope that you do too. So let's not waste any time and let's get straight into this episode which is the 10th episode of Crickcast Pod. Right, guys, welcome back to Crickcast Pod with me, your host, Sam Crick. Uh, and this week, we have a very, very special guest, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Markham Lonsdale. Hey! <laughs> Pleasure to be here, Sam. I can't wait. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy this. I can't wait. Absolutely. So, Markham, are you a, uh, are you a fan of Crickcast Pod? I've heard there's a couple. Yes, I am. Uh, all my mates. We talk about you a lot, Jeremy. You're obviously a good friend of mine. Uh, also, shout out Ali Kinlock as well. We have a few kickabouts in our the mutual, past. Our mutual friend. Mutual friends, yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously listen to the last one, Ben Davis. Great podcast. Actually listen to that, actually, on a 30-minute run. Oh, fantastic. Obviously it was a bit more than that, but watch the rest when I come back in. Awesome, mate. And um, it's really interesting to, to have you on the podcast. Um, I love talking and catching up with, uh, with people that I've met on the circuit. But for those that don't know, um, give us your elevator pitch, your uh, your thirty seconds on Markham Lonsdale. Ooh, all right then. Uh, my name is Mark Lonsdale, age twenty-one, from the northeast, County Durham, from a little town called Crook. I'm a professional athlete for Adidas, a uh, few GB vests. At the time, obviously, don't even get a chance to aim for one this year because of the current lockdown, quarantine, COVID nineteen. But uh, yeah, that's me. So yeah, Markham. I don't know when we first met, um, but. For those of the, uh, on the running scene, will will know that you've had a very successful career, not only in um, you know the the junior ranks in under twenties and seniors, but also um, when you're a lot younger. Uh, and as a you know well informed uh, reporter, I've looked over the archives and uh, and seen some of your your results. So you yeah. were you were second uh, at the um, at the England Cross Country Championships under thirteens um, behind oh. Kane and Solomon. Yes. So you've got, uh, it's, it's fascinating actually, because looking back over the years, um, you might see some age groups, they'll have a, f- a few guys at the top and then they'll sort of drop out. But there was actually, you know, six big names in that, uh, in that top 10, under yeah. 13s. You've got um, yourself, Kanan Solomon. Uh, you've also got Isaac Akers is in there, uh, Jack Bosworth. We've got um, Ben Dykstra as well. Yeah, Hugo Milner fascinating right so and those, and those boys are still you know still around in under 13s i guess the uh, the question to you is um how do you how do you maintain form and and being on top um throughout the years of juniors personally i'd say it's simple really work hard um mentally it's actually quite frustrating and hard uh because once you're at the top uh you feel like you can back off you've like kind of reached what you wanted to do um, younger years, I was just already quite talented. I think talent got me to where I was with younger years because I didn't actually take athletic serious till I was about 13. Where if you see my power 10, my under 13 stats are crazy. I'm, I'm chucking 3.25 kilogram shot puts as well. Nice. And high jumping and long jumping. And the fact as well, under 13, number one in the country for long jump. Hey. Is that all right? Uh, I missed yeah, that. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, 5.33, I jumped. But yeah, I've known them boys since we've been racing each other since we were ten years old. Solid age group, but to stay on top, you just got to keep training, man. 
uh, keep working hard. Like since I was 13, my dad basically gave me the choice, which event do you want to stick with? And just at the time I was number one in the country for the 800 meters with the, uh, well joint actually, a lad called James Fradley was joint yeah, with. From um, staff. Yeah. He's still running as well. Do you know what I mean? Like we've known each other since we were young, but yeah. So I decided to pick the 800, stuck with that. And here I am now, 11 years later, since I first started running, still running the 800. A couple wow. of 15s, but uh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> well, yeah, I was, I was looking, you know, looking through and uh, I think between 2015, 2016, you sort of, you know, you made the transition um, from the 1500. Uh, first international vest, I think, was um, English schools. Yeah, yeah. English schools, 1500. Chris, because Chris Cohen came second in that race and uh, he's from Tunbridge. I remember watching yeah. that. How was that um, experience for you, your first international vest? Oh, huge. My first aim for that season was obviously to win English schools. That was a big one. Like English schools was the, is the top when you're in that age group. Like everyone aims for that. And obviously all the best all over in one race. Obviously, I, th I think, I don't know what I was ranked in the 800 that year, but I think I was quite top. But I don't even know what made me pick the 15. I just kind of trusted my kick and thought I could have but uh, if you watch the race, I was miles back with 300 metres to go. Chris was flying until the last 100 where I think I, I pipped him, got a gap on him. But uh, And then to get my first England vest to go to Sia was huge. Obviously, they sending emails, wearing a suit, sorted me out a train to Wales. Uh, the experience then to go against the Welsh and Scottish lot where I fought with Josh Kerr, who was obviously now wow. unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we've known each other since we were young. We've all been together and we're still working hard and staying at the top, really. But was a massive experience um i think no i did i did come second the side of 1500 uh, it was just all experience and i use it all till this day so yeah yeah and i think it you know i think that really helped i don't know from my personal experience but i, c I can understand that you know that the different races and different environments racing different people will will give you that experience um and will really help you out in the later races yeah yeah um yeah. what sort of drew, drew you to uh, the 800 I don't see myself as an endurance guy, not at all. <laughs> I think I'm more naturally fast. Um, I'm not going to lie, I hate the 15. absolutely hated it. Honestly, uh, I just lost concentration. I'd done two laps. I'd run an 800 that time in 151. I'd get through 800 and during the 1500, aiming for just over two minutes, and I'd hate it. I think it was harder. Yeah. And then I that lost concentration. I'm looking about. I just, oh, I'm not a fan of it, but naturally gifted i think i'm more the the speed side rather than endurance side obviously my younger years don't improve that because i was good at cross country but the better i got a track the worse i got across country my last cross country from now was the liverpool cross challenge and i, I don't even want to talk about that but i gave 100 yeah and it was 10 kilometers absolutely. yeah not not fun not fun <laughs> around there <laughs> oh absolutely awful but i just use that for strength trading but uh yeah, I think um, I think we spoke about that last time when we were in uh, in Loughborough. I think just before Christmas, maybe even after. And um, yeah. you were saying that your coach sort of made you do it. Yeah, uh, he just typically wanted me to do it um, for strength, and <laughs> I absolutely hated it. Yeah, <laughs> Loughborough and Paul Bradshaw, who's my coach now, he's he's a lot more to the strength side during like obviously winter season because to be an eight hundred meter runner. You have to have an engine. If you don't have an engine, you're going to burst out no matter how talented or fast you think you are. You always have an engine. And to be fair, I th in the end, I did was looking forward to it because no pressure on me. 
And then the day before the race, obviously it's the Europeans trials. They put my name out saying, I'm a one to watch. <laughs> I was, you haven't laughed. I was 10 kilometers. It's that it raining, muddy. We set off, right? I'm not going to lie. I was probably his first for the first hundred meters. Then Back 200, meters, 200 meters into it. I got gapped. Alex Yee was gone. Oh, I was, I was gone. I hated it, but at the same time, I enjoyed it. But that was, that was definitely the hardest race of my life. 10k in mud. Awful. That sounds absolutely disgusting. Um, <laughs> but I think it's, it's fascinating that, um, you know, you've mixed with the shot put massive event when yeah. you were younger. You know, we, I think we all start out doing, doing little bits and bobs did, with the long jump. Uh, and then you started focusing on, on the, uh, the 800 and getting big success with that. Um, yeah. And I'd love to talk about uh, your experience getting your first GB vest. So when was it and, um, and how was that experience for you? My first GB vest was the European Youth Championships in Georgia at Tbilisi. I um, can't remember what time I was running by then, maybe around 140, 149, 150. Uh, I think first in the country was, a lot of you will know, George Mills. Yeah. Um, I was ranked fourth in Europe. He was ranked first, and then there was two Italians between us. Uh, so obviously we do, we, do, we do trials. Obviously we both come top two. We've now earned the GB vest to go there. Huge thing. Trained for that all season. Uh, thing about me, if there's a champs on every year, either European, Worlds, you've got to kind of, no matter what, you've got to kind of look past trials, as in Bedford, because I've noticed in the past, I always aim for the national champs. This is a typical example. That year I made Sayab, like, but it was English schools. Like, the nationals, you make it, and you kind of, like, lose motivation for the next thing that you qualify for. So in my head, that whole year was obviously European use. I'm, I'm, Bedford is just another step. I needed, I needed to prove my point with the GB vest on, even though it was my first one. But yeah, of course. There. It was a huge experience. Unfortunately, came fifth. I won my heat and semi. Uh, well done, George Mills. He won. Uh, the the yeah, two Italian... Out. Yeah, shout out George Mills. Uh, the three guys between us was Kevin McGrath from Ireland and then two Italians who I still race till this day um, and we're both actually running similar times the two Italians between us now run 146 and one of them runs 46 for 400 now uh, I'm still racing them till this day including a couple of years back at the World Junior Champs and stuff like that but overall that was a massive uh, experience although it was my first GB experience um, I was also named team captain. Oh, wow. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah. The boys dropped me in. Didn't want to be, but they dropped me in. Uh, is, it, is it voted then? How does that work with the uh, captaincy? Yeah, basically. So when you meet a GB team, you always meet at like a hotel. Uh, I was with Heathrow and Holiday Inn before, before the day you fly out to wherever you're going. And there's a meeting and on the day they go, right, we're going to have two team captains, obviously one boy, one girl. And obviously, we're all 16-year-olds here. We're all shy. Yeah. Like, we don't want to be picked. <laughs> and all the boys thought, oh, Markham's the loud one. Oh, we won't tell them, but we'll all write Markham's name down. Amazing. Read my name out. Markham Lansdale, take up. And went, right, brilliant. But although, it's a very good thing to put in your CV, I you know. Yeah. You can see you've been a team captain for a GB team, so. That's not, yeah. that's not too bad. That's not too bad. So, you, you basically got dropped in it by the boys, but you weren't phased. Um, took it no, by fans no. and uh, seized the opportunity. Now, the only thing I was phased by is when at the end of the meeting, they said both team captains had to do a team speech. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I was a bit nerve-wracking, but I pulled it off. What did, you, what did you say at that point? 
to uh, to the team? Well, so you stand up in front of the team and I just, you get have a microphone as well. I think I've produced the most motivational speech of all time. Is that right? <laughs> I said, when you step on that start line, we're going to show everyone why we put the great in Britain. Boom. Look at that. Oh, wow. See what I did there? I think Churchill said something like that. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> I just came out of that, dropped the mic and left. The room was yeah. quiet and was hyped. <laughs> you love to hear it. And uh, who, was your, who was your female counterpart, your um, joint team captain? Yeah, I think it was Neve Emerson. You know her. She's she's doing bits. Yeah, of right course, now. doing doing fantastically well. European yeah. indoor silver medalist over heptathlon, or pentathlon yeah, indoors. Isn't it? Currently rehabbing from an injury. Yeah. But, uh, not the worst. Not the worst time to be in, you know, recovery. But um, yeah. honestly, this year, the amount of people I spoke to, obviously, there's mixed, mixed um, opinions on this year. People obviously aiming for Olympics, as myself and many other athletes. But like a lot of my other mates who have been injured, they go, they're buzzing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people's seasons have been scrapped off because of injury this year. And obviously they'll be happy because they've got another good chance next year. Yeah, wow. just come back a bit yeah. stronger. So Mark, and for you, um, what's been the, the best experience um, in either a GB vest, either, um, you know, in your, in your crook vest or, uh, you know, any, any sort of um, competitive environment? Uh, best experience. What would be my best experience? Two, both in the same year, um, and both best and worst in the same race. Uh, the year, the European Junior Champs. So I think a year, no, one year after the European Youths. Uh, European Youths, well, knocks me back big time. I came fifth. Oh, mate, you should have seen the state I was in afterwards. I was crying, and uh, I remember coming home, and I was just, I kind of thought, what's the point? Um. I just when I run bad, it really gets to me. But I said next year, I only anyway, got myself around. I said next year I'm going to do this. I'm going to smash this. Then I turn out for my first race, which was Manchester Sports City BMC, where yeah. after running a, a good indoor season, where I PB'd indoor running one forty eight point seven seven, and knew I was in good shape outdoor because uh, if you can PB indoor, outdoor is faster. Yeah. So my first race was against Guy Learmonth, Tom Lancashire, uh, Ben Greenwood. You know, obviously, everyone knows who Guy Leamont is. Big, big names there, yeah. Tom Lancashire. And obviously, this is my year after European Youth. So, obviously, I was like the the talented kid entering that race. Set off anyway. My dad's simple instruction, stick behind leader and then kick. Uh, ended up winning that race, 146. And then it broke the junior record. Everyone was like, oh, who's this Michael Mons little kid? Well, this is magnificent running with this time, breaking the record. Uh, and obviously that year was the European Juniors. So I got through to Bedford. I'm still on form, still feeling good. In my mind, the whole season was redemption from last year. Uh, so I got there. And at this point, I'm ranked second in the world for my year and first in Europe. Wow. So I turned yeah. up, up a European Juniors. And obviously your favourite, I've got amounts, big amounts of uh, pressure. Everyone's saying, Mark Lonzo, favourite. You have to wear a blue bib. Yeah, that's it. So they, they basically show you who's either they have different colors don't they? they have one for like a reigning champion yeah yeah right yeah. and then one for the the uh, european lead yeah so i had the blue vest so obviously i was the european lead and obviously favorite going in so yeah this whole season's been fantastic so far i've run 146 um signed with an agency as well as soon as i ran that yeah, what 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 happened in that year? So you went from um, one forty nine oh seven or something to yeah. to one forty six nine seven. Like, how do you make that jump? 
at the, yeah. that stage? What what changed? What what was different in that year? Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't really think too much about it. Uh, the previous year, obviously on paper, you see a three second gap. I think like that's sick. But the previous year, although I ended the season on one forty nine, I still thought I would have ended the season on one forty eight. So no matter what, I placed myself as a one forty eight runner. So I shot it down already by two seconds, or technically one point something seconds to run yeah, one point sure. six. Um, I just had a season. I didn't get injured. Nothing solid winter training. Uh, also, a fact I didn't. I don't even train on track that year. Didn't touch a track once. All right. Um, that's the one thing everyone asks: How do I run quick on a track if I don't train on track? Don't train on track. Uh, just did where I live. It's just road and hills. So it was just hill sessions, tempos. Uh, I just stuck to my training. Nothing. Nothing actually went wrong. Um, obviously, you, that's the first time I actually tried nutrition. I think that was a big thing, and ended up running one forty six. So wow. obviously, obviously worked, helped. Yeah, and there you go, you guys. So that's how you do it. Um, just run yeah. on hills, run on roads. Run on roads. Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone, everyone has their own type of training to themselves. Um, like when I met Paul, my coach now. When he was like, "Oh, what type of training you did before?" He couldn't believe it. Um, it's got to a point now where coaches says you've got to run on track if you want to make it. Yeah, yeah, okay. I wouldn't, you know, an Olympian who's not run on track and runs quick. That would be so, impressive, to be fair. Yeah, and and so does that does that mean that you weren't wearing spikes until like a race? In the race, yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. First race, yeah. Obviously, when we hit track season, there was a couple of sessions I did go on the track, but it would just be a six hundred, six hundred time trial. Do it, walk off the track. That was it. Yeah. And then back to the race. It was weird. It was weird. When I see it for myself, I'm kind of like, how did I do it? But that's just what I did. Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> well, yeah, it's definitely definitely worked. There's no doubt about that. Um, apparently, you don't have a track where you live in uh, in Crook. Yeah. So how did you uh, how did you do these these time trials? Where did you go for um, for some of these 600 time trials that you're talking about? Yeah. So when people ask me where I'm from, I if they're from South, I say Newcastle. And then go way about to Newcastle. I goes, I'm not from Newcastle, I'm from County Durham. Oh, what town in County Durham? Oh, Crook. So in Crook, we don't have a track. Well, we do, but it's a cinder track. Okay. Uh, it's like, I'm the only junior there um, representing them. But uh, if I was to train on track, I, my nearest track is a track called Maiden Castle in Durham Centre, which is where the uni students would use. Uh, but yeah, I just go there. I just go there, get warmed up. Um, do a 600 meter time trial in that season and then just walk off that was it and get ready I'll probably do that on the Wednesday and then race on the Saturday wow <laughs> um, I only did that about twice that season and just because hills and road worked for me <laughs> yeah and, and it was so interesting that you know in, in that year so much changed um, you talk about nutrition um, yeah. you know were, were you still in the same setup are you still living uh, where you are now uh, so that year, I decided to change things myself after coming fifth in Europe. It annoyed me so much. I said, next year, I'm going to do everything possible where I'm going to be number one. Obviously, it turned out to be second. <laughs> but time-wise, first in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I did all that. Um, but yeah, so how long did I do that for? I've been doing the same type of training since last August. Since kind of... Picked up my first injury after that season. Achilles injury uh, put me out for like three months. Right. It was tender nights that just wouldn't go away. Um, it was annoying meant because I had a bit of a base foundation in winter training and then 
to pick that up and then wait three months. He just oh. So I started running later that season in like March, just to race and the next following month. And obviously I didn't improve PB wise. And, and then what, just because of that season, everything everything happened all at once. Agency, Adidas contract, um, you had so much pressure. Then when you don't see yourself PB or running well, or like it just gets to yeah. So it, anyway, a couple of years passed. It got to last August. Um, I just decided to make the move. Um, a change for success, really. A change for improvement. Um, so yeah, I'm in Loughborough now, based with Paul Bradshaw training. Good. Obviously, don't have a season to prove it. But, um, but yeah, that's where I'm at right now, and I'm back home now just because of lockdown. Yeah, and back at back on the roads in the hills. So hills, yeah. So in the year when uh, you started with the agency, started with um, Adidas. How does how does that come about? Um, you know, do they do they sort of approach you, or um, do you sort of reach out to them because uh, you made that decision to you know yeah. s- step it up again? Uh, basically. After my 146 season, obviously, at the time, it was a big thing. Obviously, you've got 15-year-olds now running 145. <laughs> Shout out Max Bergen. Max Bergen, yeah. Je- Jesus. Uh, all of them, like Ben Patterson, Oliver Dustin. Like, I'm close yeah, to them. Yeah, well. Obviously, at that time, it was really good. Um, so, it just opened doors. And that's why, that's why I'm in this game. You know what I mean? Like, to be a professional athlete, to get contracts so anyway i'm on a this thing called the gene pickering scholarship fund so there's run pickering where loads of athletes will know they'll get a grant and then there's the gene pickering scholarship where they pick six athletes so after that year i also see a talent on the rise so they've decided to support me um and then through them you just get contacts um Basically, they always say, Markham, who are you with? Do you get any support? I was like, no, this is the only support I get. Because I'm not going to lie, being in the North, you can't, a lot of opportunities are more down south, I'd say. Uh, yeah. In the North, it's just Markham Lansdale's up there. He's doing his thing. Do you know what I mean? But since I got mixed, that's when I first started getting mixed with Loughborough. So I moved to Loughborough last August with a coach called Paul Bradshaw and Alison Wife, where I can actually live a pre- professional athlete lifestyle where runs in the morning and then afterwards gym and then maybe run later on the night stuff like that so living more professional athlete life because when i was at home it was just the one type of training day and then on my ps4 all day so yeah i made the move just to improve for me because obviously this year obviously everyone's aiming for the olympics european senior champ but obviously they've been postponed which is even better so i get to develop more in loughborough and hopefully you get to see that next year Absolutely, we cannot wait. And uh, I guess the the facilities that they have at Loughborough. I mean, I was there um, at college for for a couple of months. Like, fantastic, yeah. right? Um, compared yeah. to you know anything on your on your home setup. Um, so how yeah. was that going from training once a day at home into uh, you know the full setup where you've got that um, Olympic style support? Yeah, yeah. So I basically moved moved because of them reasons because the lack of facilities up here. Uh, Loughborough has absolutely everything, you, you name it, they've got it, gym equipment, indoor tracks, um, obviously you've got the outdoor track as well, um, just everything, weights, uh, S&C coach, fortunately I was on the Futures programme, so I get to use their coaches' expertise, like the S&C coach Rob Miller, obviously that's what he specialises in, so I've now started doing S&C. You know, for the people that are maybe recovering there, you've got a lot of people that might be injured, They've also yeah. got, um, you know, those underwater treadmills, which are quality. I don't know yeah, if you've yeah. uh, you tried any of those out. 
No, unfortunately, I haven't been injured to go on one of them. Actually, I've had some niggles, but uh, my coach, Paul Bradshaw, is obviously a qualified physiotherapist. So that's uh, another plus for me. So I had um, maybe about a month out. It actually happened after Liverpool XC. Um, I pulled, yeah, I pulled my calf. I pulled my calf, and me being me, I wanted to get back ASAP. So I kept running. As soon as I felt like I could run, I went straight into it. So Mark, a brand new setup. Um, it seems it seems to have worked. So are you in good shape at the moment? Obviously, we're in lockdown, but uh, you know, keeping fit. Yeah. Um, I'm just basically at the moment. I'm just ticking over. Um, it's obviously it's a tough time to be in. Um, I'm unfortunate to not have the equipment that I have down in Loughborough, whereas other athletes do, like gym line stuff like that. So the stuff. There's a lot of stuff I can't do, um, but for me, just going back to what I was doing when I was back in Crook, road running, hill running, uh, what used to work for me. Um, but yeah, I'd say I'm in good shape. Um, there's not nothing definite on track season this season. They said they might put in a few odd races in the end. Um, that's a possibility for me to race in, see what shape I actually am in, because at the moment, I really couldn't tell you, just because of what's happening right now. I'm in the same position as everyone, really. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see, see what happens in the season and then see what times I can open up with. Um, so on Critcast Pod, we like to ask uh, some quicker questions. So a bit of a play on words. Um, we've got yeah. quick fire questions for you. Uh, they're short questions, but they can be answered in, in any depth that you like. You can pass questions, but everyone will know that you passed them. Um, so oh, well, it's up to you. I've done questions, mate. I'm up front. <laughs> Oh, you ask me and I'll tell you. Right, so we've looked at how successful you've been over your, your younger years. What would your, your top tips be for um, an athlete who's winning national titles and coming those you know, top three places, um, getting a few medals? What advice would you give them um, in order to, for them to be successful at the, at the older age groups as well? Personally, I'd just say enjoy it. Um, there's things I wouldn't tell myself when I was in the top three in the younger years, which was don't take it that serious in a way. Because um, when I took a loss, I took it really hard. Because, uh, And then when I took it really hard, I was just banging out training too hard, whereas I'd just burst or completely leave my season like in a bad way. Um, just enjoy it. Um, enjoy training. Enjoy the whole process. Like You might be number one when you're younger, but the important years is when you're well, as a senior, you want to get the senior GB vests and you obviously want to make the Olympics. So looking back, I wouldn't, I would tell myself not to look at it as, as serious and just honestly enjoy the whole process of uh, moving up the ranks and moving up age group. Uh, every age group is a different experience because things open up for you, such as you've got English skills. Then once you're old enough for English skills, you move on to GB vests like Euro Youths and then Euro Juniors. So you got to enjoy the whole process and the experience. And there's people, there's loads of athletes who peak when they're, 20 plus um so if you don't perform as well don't let it hit you as hard and just carry on move on work hard uh, focus on your training and you'll get positive results yeah and there's so there's so many different benefits that can come from the running as well it's not just um you know the medals that you get from it it's not the, it's definitely not the highest paid sport in the world but yeah, definitely yeah. from the the social benefits that you can get um and also the mental benefits like even if you go out for a run, I'm sure lots of people can relate. You know, the endorphins that you get after a little run will be, uh, will be massive. Yeah, so yeah. take that enjoyment through the age groups. Um, and for anyone yeah. who's a bit younger listening, um, 
take the advice from someone who's been there and done it from marketing. So yeah, thanks for that. Um, another question is who's been your, your biggest rival over the years? Ooh, biggest rival. Whoever typically met, whoever's on that start line. Um, when I'm on that start line, even if I've been, I've been in many positions before when I'm the slowest on the start line, if it was down to PBs, but no matter what, I'm there to win it. No matter who's in the race. I've had lads in the race two seconds quicker. I'm there to beat them. If you're not, you're not in the spot, I'll come last. You want to win. Um, that's just the main priority, really. But um, yeah, I have lots of rivals on the world court, national court. Um, you want me to drop some names in? Go for it, mate. Uh, do some name dropping, yeah. All right, then. So national, I'd say <laughs> just... Obviously, in my whole age group, you want to be number one in your age group. So you've got the likes of Ken and Solomon, uh, Ben Greenwood, uh, George Mills, just all of them, really. Um, so obviously, then me and I, because you want to be the best for your age in the UK. Um, if it was down to Worlds, Worlds, it's got to be the Kenyans, isn't it? <laughs> you come on yeah. the start line, they're the main guys to beat. Um, personally, I've had some European rivalry uh, when I came second at the European Juniors. I come second to a guy called Marino Bludak. Um, I was absolutely gutted that year. I was, uh, I was European favourite to win that race, so to come second was a bit annoying. But I know the next year was the World Junior Championships in Finland where I got put in the same semi as him. Um, obviously, it was top three to make the final. And obviously, me and him are fighting for a spot. Uh, fortunately, your boy took the W. Well, knocked him well out played, yes. Fight the final, so... Yeah, got some big rivals across well the world. But yeah, no matter what, you're there to win it. And on the start line, everyone's your rival, and you just got to stick in and grind it out. Absolutely, and I think um, your age group has been. I mean, you, you do get these these freak age groups. We've got you know one in the. I guess the boys are under bottom age under twenty now. But you know, like the Max Bergens and uh, Finn McPhee, yeah. Ben Pattersons. Um, who have I missed out? <laughs> Oliver Dustin. Yeah, the boys just absolutely smashing it i think you know your age group was very similar where you got you kane and solomon you've got um, yeah. and greenwood all the boys just like really um really pushing that that level of competitiveness and i'm sure that that pushed you along as well um, yeah but it's, it's fascinating that um you, those boys have, have been around for for quite a while you've grown up with them and, and especially on the world stage um maybe getting that different experience so um yeah really fascinating um what's the uh, the best advice that you've ever been given Oh, um, I'd say not to, uh, one of them would be not to worry about others. Um, well, when I was based at home in Crook, County Durham, um, my trainer was nothing like no one else's. Um, obviously it got me questioning people, people like, why are you not running track? You could be so much quicker on track, but it was making me think like, what if I did run on track? Such a, but then I took a step back and I just thought of it and just thought, you know what, I'm doing what's, what, what works best for me. And it does. Uh, around 146 uh, the office off no track and uh, the reason I made a loft bridge just thought it was time to step up with a training group etc um, but the best best advice best advice would just be to uh, just enjoy totally enjoy the process uh, when things get over your head just don't let them bring you down and yeah just stay positive just find positives in everything if you do bad come back next time try harder um, yeah just take it through and that, that's generally for life really um and then I'm sure things will work out. So, yeah. Fascinating. And uh, just to flip it on its head, what's the uh, worst advice you've ever been given? Oh, worst advice. Might be mixing in with that, really. 
um people tell me to do track do do all this uh oh listen do what works for you um coaches obviously going to be coaches and tell you think that they, they know what's best um just you know what works for you just stick to it don't get think and worry about others what they're doing you see people social media these days is crazy um you see athletes like my rivals you see them maybe on a Sunday run running a cheeky 15 mile never touched that mileage in my life uh, but honestly when I finish a Sunday and I'm done 10 it makes me think oh what if I do 15 will it improve me but uh no nah, it's not it depends on the type of athlete you are you got to stick to what you know and uh don't listen to others just yeah keep your head down grind it out and it'll work out for you so, Mark, him another uh, last quick fire question before we wrap up here. Um, what's your best chat up line? So, basically, yeah, I'm in a relationship, right, of two years. Obviously, it takes a strong alpha male to secure the bag like that. So, I basically went up to her, right? I just went, Are you Google? <laughs> <laughs> she went, What do you mean? Oh way, no! Every, everyone is watching this. Use this; it works. Go. Are you Google? And then they'll go. What? Why? No. And then you just go. Because you've got everything I've been searching for. Oh. And then you walk off, and then they go, "What? That was really good, that." And then you hand out your phone with the Snapchat ad friends, and then they type it in, and then you're in. Thank me later. Message me if it works, guys. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's quality. Thanks for that. Um, fascinating um mark and thank you so much for for joining us we really appreciate it for our uh, listeners and some of our viewers where where can we find you on your social platforms so on instagram mark him lonsdale with two e's at the end of lonsdale then you've got tiktok right at yeah. mark l if you want to see some brilliant content on there uh, feel free to follow me what else is there twitter mark him one two three have you, got, have you got only fans uh only fans that is uh mark him <laughs> <laughs> i don't even want to know what, i don't that's even want to see what i was thinking there but uh no that's that's soon to come that's soon to come. maybe when i'm yeah a bit older <laughs> quality um guys this has been crickcast pod um with your host sam crick and your guest this week was mark and lonsdale mark and thank you very much for joining us um and we'll catch you on the next episode Thank you, mate. It's been a pleasure. So, guys, that concludes episode 10 of Critcast Pod, and we get to double digits on our podcast. So, thank you for everyone who's um, been showing some appreciation for the podcast, sharing it with your friends, um, and liking on all the social medias. Um, if anyone has any ideas of who they'd like to see on the next podcast, um, then please feel free to message me on Instagram at Critcast Pod. Um, you can also message me on Facebook, Sam Crick, or you can even email uh, CritcastPod at gmail.com. But I hope everyone has a fantastic week and I'll catch you on the next episode.